It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am DJ Scruggs along with my partner, Adam Adams. Hey, everyone. Hey, Adam. Um, I am excited today because we have um, a guy who's done a lot of really interesting things with the real estate, and I, I guess even more importantly, he's done it it's his mind that's made that's possible, and uh, his name is Rod Cleef. Hi, Rod. Hey. Hi, guys. How you doing? Terrific. Um, so we did a little pre-interview here, and it sounds like you've um, you've faced some tough obstacles. Um, but before we get into those, why don't you just give us sort of set the table here and give us kind of your background on real estate in in general? Sure, sure. Well, so I immigrated to this country from Holland when I was six years old with my mom and my brother and uh, came across on a big boat and ended up in Denver. Oh. And we didn't have we didn't have much. Uh, we, uh, you know, we I, I had to wear clothes from the Goodwill and my brother had to wear my hand me downs. And and uh, and it was, you know, it was it was tough. We we, uh, you know, we had to drink powdered milk because that's all we could afford, <laughs> you know, to buy day old bread, you know, and I'm not going to say, you know, we went with we we went without, but, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a silver spoon, um, beginning, but I got my work ethic, um, from my mom. She babysat kids and, um, she babysat a lot of kids and she made enough money to actually buy the house across the street from us. And it's kind of ironic cause that house just sold last week, but she bought it for $30,000. And when I was 14 and then when I was 17, she told me she, it had gone up $20,000 in value. And that's wow. when I decided I'm getting into real estate. And, and, <laughs> and, and what's funny, she just, we just sold it last week for about 300. So, you know, there you All go. Right. Nice. There you go. So that was, uh, back in 60. Yeah. I'm going to date myself here. Uh, no, 70, 74 and 70, 74 to 78. Anyway. So, uh, so I got into real estate and, you know, I've I've owned over 2,000 houses, uh, multiple apartment apartment communities in three states, and just live, eat, and breathe real estate. Absolutely love real estate. So, you know, here we did are. Did you start out as an agent, or did you go right to investing? No, g- good question. Actually, I started out as an agent. I, I got my actually I started out as a broker. Back then, you could get your broker's license with education. So I became a broker right after I turned 18. I made it in the paper and everything because it was unusual, and so. Now I, I I made about ten grand my first year in real estate. Made about fifteen grand my second year, and then I made a I met a guy, a mentor that taught me about mindset and attitude. I made a you know about a hundred and twenty or thirty of my third year, so really made all the difference. Um, you know, to the mindset piece made all the difference. Uh, yeah, well, let's talk a little bit more about that mindset piece because I sure. know I've listened to your podcast and you you talk about that a lot. Uh, I sure. know that's really, really important, and most people miss it. No, it's it, listen, guys. Eighty percent of your success in anything is your mindset, uh, or, or or psychology rather, and twenty percent is the actual mechanics, uh, like the real estate conversation we're having right now. You know, it's you have to you have to be you know you have to know what it is you want, why you want it, so you take action. You know, I take I take my uh, coaching clients through a goal setting exercise, but let me go back. Actually, let me just give mm. you my examples of yeah. of. Of, of, of how I've done this. And, and really what I've done is I've visualized and I didn't realize what I was doing, but 
you know, like when I, you asked me if I started as an agent, well, I, I did. And so I bought this Ford four-door Granada. Okay. Ugliest thing you've ever seen uh, in your life. Okay. Grenade. I thought you had to have a four-door to have, to have exactly grenade. So, so yeah, I thought you had a four-door cause I'm, you know, I'm a realtor, you know, I'm going to show houses and I'm going to have this four-door and it was all I could afford that looked halfway decent and it didn't look halfway decent. But anyway, I worked with a guy that had a Corvette. And so I got a picture of a Corvette and I put it on the visor of that of that Granada. And a year later, I had a cor- beautiful red Corvette. And I'm nice. g- going to give you a couple more examples here because sure. I didn't even realize what it was I was doing. And now, you know, the movie The Secret came out and the law of attraction and, you know, all of that. But I, at the time, I didn't know what I was doing. And so on the Corvette, I got I, I that was back when Tom Selleck uh, was in the TV show Magnum P.I. Oh, and yeah, he, he had the Ferrari 308, the beautiful red Ferrari. I got a picture of that actual Ferrari. This is this is way before the Internet. So I had to pull it out of a magazine and I <laughs> put that on the visor of my Corvette. A couple years later, I had a Maserati Merrick that from the front, you couldn't tell them apart. And so, you know, and again, I, this may sound like I'm bragging and that's not it at all. This is just my story, how I've used you know, mindset and visualization to get the things that I want in life. And so my, my last example is I always wanted a Lamborghini. I mean, I'm the guy that had the, you know, the, the posters in his room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. And uh, this stuff doesn't even interest me anymore. Candidly, I, I, yeah. I wrecked the Lamborghini that I ended up buying. But, uh, but what's interesting is my, my son actually had a model uh, he collected exotic models, and he had a model of the exact color and style that I ended up getting. He had about 30 models. We had the exact same one that I ended up getting. So, you know, that stuff, I will tell you, you know, a lot of guys may be listening, thinking, oh, this is foo-foo, you know, get pictures of your goals and whatnot. But that stuff really works. And, you know, but 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 to back into this, um, if you don't know what you want, or more importantly, why you want it, you're not going to take action. So if, if you'll humor me for just a couple more minutes, I'll talk about uh, just about the goal setting piece for a second Absolutely. if you want to hear about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I do this little exercise with my clients and I, and, and so guys, if you're listening, um, I highly recommend you do this. Okay. All you do is it takes an hour. And what's sad is people take more time to plan Christmas than they do to design their lives. Okay. So if wow. you just <laughs> take the time to Sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. Okay, this is this whole process is going to take less than an hour. Okay, write down everything you could want in life. Everything you want to have: the cars, the boats, the planes, the motorcycles, the jet skis, whatever. Everything you want. Then write down everything you want to learn. Write down um, who you want to become. Uh, who you want to help. You know, maybe you want to help your family. I bought my parents a house. Maybe you want there's someone in your family you want to do something for. Write down everything you want to be, do, or have. And then don't stop writing. And you analytical guys, don't analyze. Just write it down. You can scratch <laughs> it out later. But don't let the pen leave the paper. Okay, once you're done with that, put a time limit on each goal. Just a number of years it's going to take you to achieve it. And, I, and this is – I'm almost done here. I'm landing the plane. One, three, five, maybe 10, 20 years, remembering that – as human beings, we will overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and massively underestimate what we can accomplish in five or ten years. So remember that when you're putting the time limit on the goals. Then what I recommend is you do three more steps. One, pick your top goals, maybe three of your one-year goals and one of your lifetime goals. Write them on a separate sheet of paper, four goals. Pick, pick four goals. Write them on a separate sheet of paper. And this is the most important part. 
you know, I've had Grant Cardone on the show and he's all about writing your goals in the morning, writing them in the evening, which is awesome. And I recommend you do it, but he misses a piece. And the piece is you got to write down why they're an absolute must. You have to take the time to write a paragraph for each goal, why it's an absolute must, and then take it one little tweak further and put some pain in there. If you don't achieve it, uh, you know, so I don't feel like a failure. So I didn't let my spouse down, whatever, make it painful because as human beings we will do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. Then the last piece is the pictures. You've got to get the pictures. The pictures work. I got to tell you, now we're doing this on video so you guys can see this. Your listeners can't see it. But I've got my planner right here, okay? I, I use it. I'm a dinosaur. I use a paper planner. It used to be called a day timer. Now it's a Franklin Covey. And you guys can see this. But in the back of this thing, I've got my gratitude. These pictures have been in here 19 years, okay? Wow. I've got my gratitude pictures, my kids when they were young. I've got the pictures of the houses that I've wanted that I've gotten. Like I said, things that don't matter to me anymore, the watches. I got a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of watches. Doesn't matter. There's the Lamborghini. There's the Lamborghini before I got it, okay? Yeah. The, the Rolls Royce. These things that I got that I don't. He really that, is showing like, us a, a that, scrapbook. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. So just you guys, yeah, I was, they saw it. But, but the point is, this stuff works. That's all. And, and, and I'll, I'll get off the soapbox. But, guys, 80% of this is taking that first step. Or getting back up when you get knocked down. Now, I can talk about that if you'd like. Because when I got knocked down, I got hit by a, a semi-truck. Well, um, actually, we do want to segue into that. But I, I think okay. I, I want to sort of emphasize something that – so for me, my background is tech. I'm relatively new to real estate, but I've done startups for a long time. Awesome. And when I was in my 20s and – really hating the thought of having a job for the next 30 or 40 years and as many of as many of the your listeners uh, you know and mine right. too right and i was like there's got to be a better way and so i started reading you know inc magazine the wall street journal and the one story that really resonated with me and there's there's thousands of stories like this out there so it, you know it all depends on which one resonates with you but it had to do with the early days of hp and motorola mm. so they started both those companies started in the 40s i'm pretty sure and both of them, like when you ask what was their vision, their vision was to have a company. You know, they weren't – I mean, I think Motorola's first product they knew was going to be obsolete in 18 months. Uh, HP had a similar situation. But the most important thing to them was we just want to have a company. You know, we're just going to start really? doing it. wasn't this. clearly defined. That's interesting. Yeah. My, 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 my stepmom worked for Motorola. In fact, she used to fly around on their private jet. So I, I know yeah. quite a bit about that company, but I, I had no idea they didn't have a vision statement or a mission statement. Wow. Yeah, but but the reason it resonated with me was it just it's one of those things where you realize everything around you – I mean, we live in such an artificial world. Everything around you is because someone had an idea. Like I'm sitting here at my on my chair at a desk. Someone had the idea, hey, let's build some desks and chairs and sell them. Uh, obviously, looking on a computer, someone got the idea that we could do video. It was in their internet. mind first, and and that's yes. and, and I'll tell you, let me tell you a great example of that story. Okay, when when Epcot Center got built in Walt Disney World here in Florida, Roy Walt Disney had already died, and Roy Disney was there, and a reporter came up to Roy Disney and said, "It's a shame Walt didn't see this." And Roy looked at him funny and said, the only reason you're seeing this is because Walt saw it in his right. mind. Okay? That's <laughs> yeah. a great example of, uh, to, to, you know, uh, hammer home your point. You know, anything yeah, that's so, ever, ever been created has been in someone's mind. Yeah, it starts out as an idea. And, right. And, you know, I think what you talked about, how you, you know, you got to sort of prepare the mind to have those ideas and start um, acting on them. But you also have to have some resilience because um, it doesn't always go the way you, you plan. 
Uh, <laughs> so maybe you could tell Listen, us in a little bit about just about, about that anyone adventure. that's a big success has failed many, many times. In fact, I was at I'm I'm in a couple of high dollar masterminds, but I was in one of them for digital marketers and and you know all multi gazillionaires in there. But but uh, they had Sarah Blakely, the billionaire owner of Spanx, come in and speak to us. And oh my gosh, wow! Amazing, humble woman started with five grand. Now she's a billionaire. In fact, she was just in this issue of Forbes as one of the top 100 influencers. But um, she made a comment that just really resonated with me that her dad asked her every day, what have you failed at today? And I just thought that is so freaking awesome. Is that not an awesome question to ask your kids? So those of you that have kids, do that. Get them to try different things. My kids were grown already, but I thought, man, what a great question. Anyway, uh, I got off task. Please, <laughs> yeah, but tell us. You, I mean, you've all, you've owned literally thousands of, of properties, right? Um, and uh, you touched on the beginning that you know that didn't always go. That wasn't always smooth sailing. Listen, it, it like I said, it 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 isn't. And my situation was. Well, let me back up. In two thousand six, this isn't to brag because there's a punchline at the end of this next comment, but I, my net worth went up $17 million. Wow. And if you, and if you want to know that's $3,800 an hour, cause of course I checked on my calculator. <laughs> <laughs> but then the punchline is then 08 happened and I lost that and a whole lot more. I actually, I, I call them seminars because every time you fall on your face, it's a seminar. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and it was a fifty million dollar seminar for me. You know, I lost. I had eight hundred houses. I had multiple apartments here in Florida, and I crashed and burned. And for a lot of reasons. I mean, we can get into it if you like, but but there are a lot of reasons. And and Frank, the big reason, frankly, is and with the reason I started my podcast, uh, Lifetime Cash Flow, is because. My, what was interesting is my my single families weren't cash flowing, and for a lot of reasons, uh, you know, the logist they were logistically too far spread out. Uh, taxes and insurance are very high here, um, and some other things. But but my multifamily was, and so I I'm a big proponent for multifamily for long term hold than single family. This is just me, and it may not be you guys' mindset, but but I'm I'm a big proponent. If you can buy a house, buy a fourplex instead. If you can buy, right. you know, if you're going to hold on to it, if you're going to make it legacy wealth or hold it for a long time for cash flow, uh, because. You know, obviously, we are heading into a contraction. It's coming. I mean, I've been through three of them, and and it's coming again. And you know, Kiyosaki is quoted as saying it's already started. You know, and uh, and so, but 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 I'm still buying. I was looking at a 48 unit yesterday. We have under contract. I'm 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 not sure I'm going to pull the trigger on it. It may be a seminar because we've got about four or five grand in it already. But um, but my point is, um. You, you just come back from that, but you have to have, you have to see, I thought I was set for life. I thought 80 million baby boomers getting old and getting cold, moving to Florida, Florida was recession proof. Well, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, um, had I not had the, the technology, I spent 16 years following Tony Robbins around the planet. So I was in, Mm -hmm. in the great environment. I learned, you know, a ton from that brilliant man, shout out to him for sure. But my point here is, had I not had, had I not realized what it was I wanted and why I wanted it through that dark time, I mean, you know, <laughs> I thought I was set for life. So, I mean, I'm back now. I mean, I'm, you know, we're doing extremely well. Uh, but the point is, mindset is so critical. It really wasn't. It really wasn't technical knowledge. 
It was getting up and saying, okay, quit feeling sorry for yourself. This is what you want. You know what you want. So you got a setback. You can still get it. You know why it's a must. And you go after it. And, and, and this applies to those of you that are listening that have not taken action yet. This applies to those of you that maybe have gotten your nose bloodied. But if you know what it is you want and you know why you want it, if, 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 if you try going after it and it doesn't work, you change your approach. And if that doesn't work, you change your approach again. And if that doesn't work, you change your approach again. And you rinse and repeat till you get to that goal because you know what it is you want and you know why you want it. So – um, and that's what I did, and and that's why I'm back. And and but that's and it comes and it comes back much faster, by the way, because you're <laughs> obviously you've got the skill sets and the knowledge that you didn't have before that seminar. So, so Rod, uh, with this fifty million dollar seminar that you mentioned, which you know for the listeners that might not know what that means, you lost money and you learned something. You I, spent money I was I was to, conservatively to, worth fifty million before I crashed. And yeah. I lost it all, and I learned a lot. That my so, dumb, my dumbass should have gotten into multifamily <laughs> and stayed in multifamily, and and not you know when you get comfortable, it's so easy if you if you know something and you're in comfort, it's so easy to stay there. But you know, like my friend Grant Cardone says, comfort kills. In fact, I've got that sign on my wall. Uh, and you know, guys, those of you listening, the life you want, that magnificent life you want, is on the other side of comfort. You have to get uncomfortable, and it's Absolutely. worth it. Trust me, it's worth it. So just real one, one quick question about that is, you know, you, you're talking about the mindset, and obviously that's very important, and that's the biggest step, I think, is the mindset. It's 80%, but, it, yeah, it, but you have to know what to uh, do, too. For, so a couple of details on what did you do once, once you were there to get back to where you are, and you're, and you're you know, you said you're doing sure. really well now, but what was the first... Um, actionable step that you did after making that mind well, mind what you shift. do what you do if if you're encountering a problem you you take it and you look at it realistically it's it's human nature to to make it bigger than it is right. but you want you want to make it exactly what it is and i had i had a house to live in i had food on the table you know i had love in my life so what else really matters if you really get down? I mean, if you get right down to bare brass tacks, yeah. So, so I don't, you know, I, I don't have the the Mercedes for a, a, a few months or whatever. Big deal. I still have a, you know, I can still get around. I still have what I need. So, so you do that. You 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 make it. You you get you get a dose of reality, and then you just roll up your sleeves. You know what it is you want, and why you want it. And I just got creative. I tried different things. I tried several. You know, I've I, I've built 22 different businesses right now. Several have been worth tens of millions of dollars and and several have been spectacular failures. Okay. So, <laughs> so, um, but, but again, they're, they're seminars, they're, they're, they're learning experiences and you, and you, you take what you learn. And what I got from my real estate seminar was I'm going to focus on multifamily, which is what I'm doing, why I started my podcast. And that's my thing. Um, and, and I mean, I know single family as well as just about anybody in the country, but my focus now is multifamily because of my experience. Um, but right then, I knew you guys are about creativity. So I thought, I thought, what can I do to um, uh, 
you know, to, to, to actually capitalize on what was happening. And, and what I did was I actually formed a litigation support company that helped law firms that were helping people save their homes. And that, that's still in oh, existence nice. today. Oh, yeah. it's, an, it's, an, it's an $8 million company that I don't talk about it. In fact, it's the first time I think I've ever talked about it publicly. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great business that, that has been very good to me. Uh, and um, so I, I took lemonade or lemons and turned them into lemonade, uh, and that's what I did. I got creative and thought, how can I capitalize on what's happening and yeah. and and help people? And I was able to, you know, we've we've helped thousands of families save their homes, and and so, and literally, I'm not exaggerating. So, it, it, you know, that's what I did, um, and kind of licked my wounds, and you know. Um, obviously my credit got hammered. My credit's back mm-hmm. now too, but, but, you know, so all those things happen when, you know, uh, when you go through that, but, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it sounds like it gets back to ultimately it all turns on, um, having an idea and acting on it. It doesn't even have to be that brilliant an idea, right? It just needs to be something pragmatic. Everybody. Yeah, it. no, you're right. And the idea is important, but I, I can't stress I can't stress the mindset and 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 knowing what it is you want, but more importantly, why you want it. Because, like I said, even in in, in uh, of course in real estate, you're gonna get knocked down. I mean, it, stuff happens. I mean, I can tell you stories. I mean, we could be here a couple hours talking about <laughs> stupid stuff I've done that then and 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 had to fix. And I mean, I remember we uh, we well, I had a, I had a buy. I, a guy that I worked with and we were both looking at properties to buy and he thought I'd looked at this house and I thought he'd looked at it. And it was only 30 grand, but neither one of us actually looked at it. And we closed on it. We went and looked at it and there was nothing from the walls up. Everything <laughs> was gone. It was daylight. It's like, we still made money on it, but it was a, it was a nightmare. Yeah. But, but you know, stories like that. Um, but yeah, the key is really knowing what you want and why you want it in my opinion. And, and, um, uh, so yeah. Terrific. Well, um, thanks, thanks so much for sharing with us, Rob. We, we try to keep these short um, okay. and actionable, and I think uh, we've done both today. Absolutely. Well, no, and, and I will say um, I've, I've got a free book. It's, uh, I'm happy to give it to your listeners if they want yeah, it. It's, say, it's, it's 200 nice pages. Yeah, it, is, it's, uh, it's, where do people find you? And, yeah, uh, no, no, absolutely. I've got a couple of re- fantastic resources for your listeners. Uh, one is the book, uh, uh, Humbly. It's, it's, it's like a textbook for multifamily investing, and all they have to do is text my name, Rod, to 41411, and we send them a, a, a copy. And it's, it's, yeah. and just for the listeners, just in case, it's Rod, R-O-D, as in dog. At, mm-hmm. As uh, in it, dog, yeah. yeah. At Rod, Rod at four, and just text 41411, and we'll send you a copy. And it's awesome. I mean, it's 200 pages, how to find an area, how to evaluate an area, how to find a property, how to finance it, fund it, syndicate it, manage it, you name it, all the way down the line. It's like a textbook. In fact, I'll show you a picture. There it is right there. I happen to have the proof here. cash flow through multifamily properties. Yes. And it's it's the new rule. The subtitle is the new rules of real estate investing. And uh, the new rules being focus on cash flow, not on value. Okay. If you're buying to hold. Okay, uh, value is irrelevant. You know, I have people call me and say, you know, I found this property for I can get for a million dollars and it sold for three million four years ago. I'm like, I don't care. What's what's the cash flow? What, what's, the cash what's the NOI? And then the other thing is, I formed a multifamily Facebook group, uh, and it's free to join. There's about fifteen hundred people on it already. You can just go to multifamilycommunity.com, and it's a direct link to the Facebook group, and it's very active. A lot of people connecting there and developing relationships, so it's an awesome resource as well. 
And then oh, if they want to if they want to talk to me, it's rodkleef.com. R O D K H L E I F dot com. K H L E I F. You mentioned you're from did you say uh, Holland? Holland? I'm Dutch. Yeah, I'm Dutch, Dutch. and I'm, I'm half Dutch and, and half Arabic. Yeah, it's a strange combination. But uh, I'm an American all yeah. the way through and through. <laughs> Number one, you're an American. So, Excellent. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate your coming on, Rod. And uh, I know I will be sending a text here shortly and awesome. uh, join the Facebook group. And uh, I hope our listeners will as well. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Thank you, Rod. 